Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the fifth episode of the Father and Son Financial Planning Team Podcast by Stokes Financial Group. We're your hosts, Skylar and Brian Stokes, located in beautiful sunny San Diego. And we want to bring you a professional view on financial matters that individuals and businesses are likely to face on a continued basis. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. Today we're going to be talking about the stock market and how it works. It'll be fun. It's going to be great. So let's start off with the definition or what a stock actually is. A stock is a representation of a percentage of ownership in a company. That that's is basically what it is. I mean, if you have a, if you have a company, if you have a company that has a, 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 a million shares outstanding and you own one share, you own one, one millionth of the stock, of the company, sorry, and if you have a stock that has, a company has only 10 shares and you own one, you own 10%. It's a representation of ownership in a company. That was not the Webster Dictionary version. I don't care. But it was still great. I don't read Webster You still anymore. did a good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You have to go online and see what is on the online Webster. Mm-hmm. Or Wikipedia? I guess so. Yeah, one of those. Anyway, um, so a stock, just like Dad just said, is ownership of a company and that ownership can be either a private company or a publicly traded company and generally when someone thinks of a stock they think of something that's traded on like the New York Stock Exchange or other sorts of exchanges like that's that. That's correct. However, let's say that person A owns a business and person B wants to be a part of the business, they can buy into the business and get some stock in there. You know, most companies, um, besides the limited liability corporations that they don't that doesn't have stock, um, most companies out there actually started as a private company, and like for example, Facebook. Facebook started as a private company and sold shares to all sorts of people to raise money to fund the business, and then when they got big enough they were able to then list it on an exchange. That's how it worked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they raised money that way. Mm-hmm. Cool, so they can be corporations, um, they can be all sorts of different kinds of non-corporate entities. True, but those won't be traded on the exchange. Correct, yeah, those are just private. Right, you won't pri- see, Private label. Yeah, you so probably won't see those companies on any exchange. Right, yeah, so with that being said though, there's um, a number of types of stock that are issued to companies and to um, raise money or mm-hmm. generate some Absolutely. sort of funding for it. So the two main types that people generally think about or know about are common, common stock, stock and mm-hmm. preferred stock. Correct. So common stock, if you want to elaborate a little bit As on I, what I just talked about, you have a um, interest in the company ownership in the company, voting rights in the company, and that's what it gives you. That's common mm-hmm. stock. Mm-hmm. And those are generally traded on the, I mean, if it's a bigger company, you'll find, that's what's traded on most exchanges, common stock. 
Now that's not all of them, there's also preferred stock. Now preferred stock, without getting into too much of the history, was actually issued sometime back. Everyone get out your earplugs. That's right. Well, that, <laughs> I thought that was for the stock market history. Um, <laughs> but preferred stock is um, was originally designed so one corporation would buy the stock of another corporation because for a while there was a tax benefit to a corporation owning or getting income from another corporation. And that's why preferred stocks are usually income generating stocks as opposed to common stocks. They pay dividends, I know, but it's not like a preferred stock that pays more, but corporations would raise money that way from other corporations that they could get income tax, uh, uh, tax benefits off of taking income from another sure. corporation. But I don't know if that, I don't even know if that law still exists, to be quite honest. I doubt it after the last tax yeah. act. Overhaul? Yeah. The latest and greatest. Yeah. That being all that being said, it sounds like though that there's some history that we kind of have to dive into as far as where stocks originated from, right. how they started, right. um, and the reasoning behind it. Well, I want to talk. I could go to the 11th century, but I'm sure you don't want to hear that one. <laughs> um, the does. first real stock was that of the East India Company. I think it's in the 1680s. Did they? Were they also involved with? hunting treasure with pirates no the tre the pirates are hunting their treasure <laughs> <laughs> they they have they are the treasure yeah so what happened is that before the east india company was set up individual investors would buy shares into a specific ship bringing things back from india and if that ship was lost people lost all their money lost their entire investment but there were a number of ships going back and forth between india and uh, Europe through Arabia. So what the uh, English did is they set up the East India Company issuing shares which represented a partial ownership in all the ships in the fleet. And so if one ship got sunk, they made more than huge amounts of profits on a ship that showed actually mm -hmm. appeared. So um, <clears throat> they could limit their liability by owning the shares of the in, in the company itself. So more or less they're passive investors. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they put their money up, they get a number of shares, and however much money the company made, divided by the number of shares outstanding was the profit handed out to everybody. Right. Huh, that's how it worked. Yep. Cool. Who can own Most everybody can own stock. As long as it will. I'm going to say 18 and over, but under 18, your guardians yeah. can own it for you. But generally speaking, anybody can own stock. Mm -hmm. and most everybody does, either through mm -hmm. mutual funds, because mutual funds are just a, a company that uh, ha hires a manager who you give their money to, and the manager then goes out and takes all that money and buys a whole bunch of different kinds of stocks within a, or bonds or whatever in a certain maybe in a certain type, like you might have a utility utility mutual fund, which only buys utility stocks, or a broad market fund, and they buy everything, and that's then you get shares represented that you put money into that. And but what was I going with that on the mutual fund business? Um, I don't know, but good job. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Right. So the stock market, um, because someone can own a piece or a part of a company then 
they have the option of whether or not they want to sell it or if they if they want to buy more or whatever. And that's important. I mean, people don't understand when you use the term exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, where people can go in and sell their stocks. It used to be a tree, I think, in the in the 1780s, New York, they'd all meet under a tree and they'd bring their shares in and they'd exchange it, money for shares. And even in Scrooge, if you ever watch Scrooge, he's always doing the money lending business. He's going to an exchange. That's where they always, in that movies, he shows up and you know Bob Marley's dead. He doesn't know it. And Bob Marley? Yeah. Wasn't his name Marley? Bob Marley's the reggae. <laughs> Well, he's dead too. <laughs> what was his name? Bob Marley. What was, what was his name? I don't know. Okay, okay so he must have had mean dreadlocks in England. <laughs> well, you know that's very true. But um, in any case, um, Scrooge's uh, business partner—they go in there and do exchange. That's what exchange is. They trade money for stocks or vice versa. Okay, um, Ebenezer Scrooge. And his partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob, okay. Well, Bob's is a brother. <laughs> Bob is Jacob's brother, okay. He was a, he was a junior member of, of um, Scrooge, the company. Scrooge Incorporation. That's right. Oh That's right. Okay. All right. Well. Um, Jacob. Jacob. So. <laughs> Young okay. boy. Okay. We've got, we've got someone who has or owns a, a stock, right. and we have another person who Let's wants. Let's use Apple. Okay. Apple. Big company. Huge company. Yeah. So Apple is a really sought after company because they're very growth oriented and they have a lot of awesome technology that right. they're providing for people. And, and they're, they're growing in China and selling a lot of yeah. phones in China and other places. So their their outlook is very um, positive. Well, uh, let's Generally, say it is. Yeah, let's, let's, say, say, it let's is. say that it's positive. Because you don't okay. know that's yes. not, you right. can't say it okay. is. Okay. You know. It, it appears to be. That's right. So um, let's say that you know person A wants to own a piece of Apple, right. while person B thinks that Apple's going in the direction they're going down. They don't. They don't see the value that Apple brings in. Or they need the money for something else. Or yeah. Or okay. They 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 bought sure. Apple at eight dollars sure. a share, and now sure. it's what two hundred one hundred ninety or something. I don't know where it was something. today. Yeah. So, so. Um, effectively. Someone can trade, they, they can essentially um, sell, person B can sell their shares of Apple stock to person A who wants it. And right. that is where an exchange right. or you need to be, let's see, how do I say this? In order to make that transaction, an exchange takes place on one of the exchanges that's available. Right, New York Stock Exchange, yeah. NASDAQ, one of those. And you have to do it, generally you have to do it through a broker. Right, or a registered person on the a New market, York Stock market Exchange. A market maker. Well, that's, market makers are usually, um, you still have traders. to go through a broker. Just traders. You still have to go through a broker. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's kind of how you can exchange different stocks between one another. Um, so with that all being said though, if, if, Let's say that the outlook, general outlook for Apple seems to be positive mm -hmm. amongst analysts' opinions right. and the numbers that are coming in from their financial data and everything else. Looks good. It looks great. Yeah. Um, that essentially will drive the value of the stock up generally. Generally, that's true. Yes. Because people are buying stocks not based upon what it's doing today, but 
but what they think it's going to be doing tomorrow. Right. So as that stock goes up in value, then obviously that's how you make money. That's right. So that's that's why you own a stock. That's right. Own a you think a company is going to do great, so you buy into it. Mm -hmm. If you don't think a company is going to do great, you sell it. Mm -hmm. Or um, or if or if you need the money. Well, look, a perfect example is today. Look at Netflix. Everybody bid Netflix way up. I think it was, and I don't know the exact numbers, but this is approximate. I just know it dropped fifty dollars today. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is everybody bid it up because they thought that Netflix was going to get a better subscription rate than it actually reported today. Mm -hmm. And so it went from 357, I don't know, somewhere in there, to, to 300 almost instantaneously when people saw that they were not going to be performing as well as they thought it would. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. That actually kind of brings us to our next point, which is the overall um, economy. Yeah and the outlook of specific stocks or a number of different stocks and how that can affect what the stock market does as a whole, right? So yeah. we're talking about as, 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 okay, let's take for instance, like the tech sector. Okay. Let's let the FANG stocks that most people think of when yeah. they think of. So like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, let's see. Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, Netflix, and Google. Yeah, no, no, that's the no, thing. Fong, not Fang, because Netflix just dropped $50 a share. <laughs> okay. So the Fang, that's, that's, that's the that's tech, right. tech sector. Well, that's not tech sector. That's just four stocks. The tech sector, yeah, that's okay. right. That's just part that's of it. part of the tech sector. IBM's in there. Yeah. Um, Micron's in there. All sorts of things are right. in there. Right. So as those companies as a whole are viewed, let's say, for instance that technology is no longer needed. Just hypothetical situation. Okay. Right. Um, technology is no longer needed because people are going off the grid and they're living in Alaska. In Alaska or their tribes people now. That's they're right. They're going back to the roots. Okay. So when that happens, then the value of the collective whole of those companies is going to go down, right. which is going to effectively have people believing that it's not going to be worth getting into those companies Correct. in they the near future. Out. Well, look at, look at, again, look at Netflix. Right. There's a perfect example. So what does that do to the overall market? Well, now you can't pick I, one I'm just, specific. I, I'm saying the sector. So I don't as, know as that a whole sector, sector cause you could have right. a sector go down sure. and market go up. Sure. Sectors can go down. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take the entire market down. I agree. I do think though that in the particular case with how, this S&P 500 to set up right now, some crazy amount of the index is attributed to tech stocks. Uh, yes. Oh, I think six stocks represent 40 some odd percent of the total list. People don't realize that. Right. It's so, a weighted average. So right. That means Apple is much bigger than Joe's Crab Shack. Crab Shack. And so <laughs> I, I don't even, Joe's Crab Shack, I'm sure isn't, yeah. I shouldn't say that. It might yeah. be on the yeah. S&P 500 index, but yeah. the littlest stock in the S&P 500 index is probably one one thousandth the side of Apple. Right. So, you know, that's why you're saying five of the six of the stocks represent one half of the index. True. So what I'm saying though is if in the event that the tech sector were to be viewed in the near term and and the future long term, long -term as negatively, then it's going to drop the whole value of the, oh, of the market. Oh, absolutely. So that's the ebb and flow of the market. Though. That's right. There's 
as some people believe that the market's going to go up, then that's how they make their money. And right. inversely, that's how people lose money is if they stay in the market. And let's just say, for instance, the S&P 500 index, and it goes down in value, then you're losing the money that right. you invested. So, right. um, but with kind of segue into that, the stock market is actually what we call a leading economic indicator too. Mm-hmm. So it gives people a, an idea, generally gives people the, an idea of what the future is believed the, to be. Uh, yes, of the economy is going to believe to, to be. be because right. people buy in advance. That's right. the whole thing. You have trailing economic indicators, current economic indicators, and leading economic indicators. Mm-hmm. And the stock market, people buy based upon what they think the economy is going to do and whether the companies that they're buying are going to produce more profit. Mm-hmm. And there you go. If they think it's going to do more profit, it'll push things up. If it, if the, um, if people start thinking that the economy is slowing down and companies are going to make less money, then the stock market starts dropping. And as a leading economic indicator, it's preceding what is believed to going to occur in the general economy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, with, let's see. That being said. People normally think of two different types of markets. Mm-hmm. I I think that the more often than not, when I talk to people, they they either think it's going to be a bull market or a bear market. Okay. So let's kind of talk about what either of those is. Okay. Well, a bear market is when the market's going down, and it was one of the theories about it was that. When bears fight, they stand up on their hind legs and they smack down with their arms. And a bull market is up, and when bulls fight, they raise their horns. And so they come underneath and go up. So bull markets are up markets, and bear markets are down markets. And as I mentioned earlier, not in this way, but you can have certain sectors being in bear markets or bull markets and the whole market going the opposite direction. So it just depends upon, but generally speaking, when you say we're in a bull market, it generally means that all the stocks, or most of the stocks in the economy, I'm sorry, on the exchanges are going up. Um, So let's kind of segue into our current market and where we're at, kind of talk about that for a second. Okay. So because last year was a banner year, um, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, it was. And that's a big problem. Yeah, well, yeah. It's well, a big problem because it, what it does, it, it people who it's invest... It's a fake out? No, it's not a fake out. It's real. No, 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 but I'm saying it's people believe now that that's like the norm. And it's not. I mean, right. the average return on the stock market is 8%. Heck, from I think it was 1990... Or actually, 2000 to 2008, the return on the New York Stock Exchange or on the S&P was 4%, something like that. On an annual basis, it wasn't that strong. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we have this huge rise and everybody now, well, I want to get 27% of my stock in a week. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work. Some, sometimes it can. If you pick perfectly. Right. But just ask anybody in the tech bubble in 2000. True. I argued with one particular client who bought, I won't mention names, who bought Eagle something or other, I forget, Eagle Electronics. It was a company that was producing a box that you could put on top of your television to do something or other. I forgot what it was. TiVo? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and uh, 
he literally, I remember him coming in, he put like 40,000 into it, it was like $350,000. And I said, you need to sell off at least half of that, if not most of it, and take it and bank it. And he went, no, this is not the, it was selling at 50 times earnings. And I said, no, it wasn't even, it didn't have earnings. It, this is mm -hmm. when the markets, uh, when it went up, the PE ratio on some of these stocks was just outrageous. Like they are now. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not that bad. No, because the earnings are coming in on the big companies are coming in good. Well, Netflix, I mean, Apple's Netflix is like 20, 250 earnings, two hundred fifty times, I think. Well, not anymore. Now it's two hundred because it just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but Apple, for example, is trading under PE the standard PE ratio. So if they have coming with good earnings, um, a PE ratio means price to earnings ratio. Just take the price per share of the stock, divide it into uh, or divide it by the dollars per share being earned, and that's the P.E. ratio. So um, in any case, it's an interesting market right now because it does, it has set expectations high. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But right now, though, I would say that at least over the last six months, it's, sort of been, it's been flat. Yeah. So that's yeah. a neutral. Yeah. Kind of play well there's been there's been per, it's because it's been uh, churning you have some sectors going up some sectors going down and that's what i'm talking about you have bull markets in a bear market mm -hmm. market you can have a bull market sector mm -hmm. so you know gold can go shooting way up if you start having possibilities of war mm -hmm. in a market that's going down so there's always some kind of investment that might go up within a total market meltdown. Yeah. Very rarely do you have a total market meltdown. There's always something in there that people go to. Mm -hmm. So, so um, let's talk a little bit what history has said about the markets. Um, there's been a, a couple times in history where the um, certain things have happened in with either banking or certain sectors and it causes a catastrophe in the stock market. You know the Great Depression? Let's talk about that. Okay. So everybody is investing into the stock market. In fact, apparently some people would ask their shoe shiner on the street what the latest and greatest was in the stock market because everybody's always sharing information. They could borrow. That sounds like the internet. Yeah, well, sort of. They, they, they can borrow. They could borrow. If memory serves me, you could borrow ninety-five cents for every five cents you put in. So you could margin yourself up fifty times, forty mm -hmm. some odd times, right? So you could go in and put in a buck and buy, oh, criminy, forty, fifty dollars worth of stock, mm -hmm. and they didn't have any controls on it at all. And as a result, when things turned around and the market started going down, of course the Fed did exactly the opposite of what it did this last time, and they tightened interest rates trying to control things. Instead, it just choked everything off and um, you know, killed the economy for 25, for until 1938, 1939, mm -hmm. so for a long, long time. Actually, from 1929, the market did not reach the same level until 1954. 1929, it was 440, 450. And it wasn't until 1950-somewhat it got back to 440-450. Hmm. So during that entire time frame, you know, that's even during the war. You think the war, at the end of the war, and everything, no. I mean, there was a lot of damage done, and it had to, there were big holes in the 
in the street that had to be filled. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for example, in the, you've got here the 2000 tech bubble. Well, that's just because people were, were really uh, taking way too much risk on small stocks, thinking that it's sort of like an I, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Six months ago, Bitcoin. Four months ago, Bitcoin was selling seventeen thousand. Twenty thousand, not six. Yeah, sixty nine hundred. And know. and who knows what it is? To, I mean, it's the tulips. Yeah, it's the tulips of, in my opinion, it's the tulips of the whatever fifteen ninety sixteen hundred somewhere in in Holland, mm -hmm. where they were buying houses with tulip bulbs, not realizing that you could you could grow more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so in any case, 2009 was the Great Recession. It actually was pretty bad. But in the Great Recession of 2009, what happened is, with, um, without getting too detailed, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers left a huge hole, a trillion-dollar trillion hole in the road. And then on top of that, because what they did, they dragged down a bunch of other companies and ultimately, the hole was maybe three or four trillion dollars in the road. I mean, you had a pothole that big. Mm -hmm. So, in the pre in 1929, what the Federal Reserve did is they tightened interest rates, which meant there was less money. So you could not fill in that hole, mm -hmm. and the hole kept getting bigger because as people drove over it, guess what? It got bigger. Mm -hmm. What they did this time is they printed money like crazy to fill in the hole. And it's an entirely different result. We didn't go into a huge depression as we could have. Instead, the Federal Reserve did the right thing. You know, Ben Bernanke, the one thing that um, it, is, it is generally the president of the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve now that has more impact on the economy than Congress and the president. So a lot of presidents will claim that a particular economy was good or bad during their administration or they saved us or didn't save us or whatever, like 2000 and, and 2009. And in actuality, the president who saved us was the president of the Federal Reserve. Actually, I want to talk about that really quick because I think there is a misconception on who the Federal Reserve okay. is right. and how they're associated with um, the U.S. government. Okay. So they set certain minimum the amounts. Prime, they the provide, yeah, they they provide the cash to the banks that the banks loan to us. Right. But, so, but if they raise the interest rates on the the Federal Reserve raises their interest rate. Then to, banks to the banks to the banks and the banks raise their prime rate is the rate that is paid by the best customers in the bank. So mm -hmm. the bank has a different rate than the Federal Reserve does. Right. But the Federal Reserve tightens up the cash and decreases the amount of money available for loaning by raising the interest rates on the money that they charge the banks to borrow. Mm -hmm. They run the whole gamut. You know, you do a, a federal funds wire. Well, it's the Federal Reserve. Not the Federal Reserve is not involved, but that's in the that's in the federal system. It has nothing to do with Congress. It has nothing to do with the president. Mm -hmm. Right. The president appoints the Federal Reserve chairman or chairwoman, but and it's approved by Congress. But the Federal Reserve chairman does not report to the president and the reason they did that was because it was just too much you think about it i mean look at the raucous politics we have going on right now can you imagine if the treasury department every time somebody was voted in changed the entirety of how they approached lending and the like so uh somewhere a long time ago the the 
ones who are bright, decided to create a bank that was not, I think it was 1914, 1916, somewhere in there, was not involved with the politics. They wanted to make sure that the economy was not subject to the politics of, you know, two years or four years. Imagine if the if the economy changed every two or four years because right. a Republican be a, be a Congress comes in two years later, a Democrat Republican, you know, then an independent comes in, and the, you know, yeah. it just it's crazy. Yeah. So the Federal Reserve is just is arm's length away from the U.S. government. Cool. That's very insightful. Um, who would be a person that you would look to for insight when you think or? feel or smell something's a little fishy in the markets? Boy, there's so many things that you can do now as far as information. Um, fishy in the markets, you should call your broker or advisor. If they don't answer, call us. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> you can go to, you can go to uh, uh, online, and there's a lot of good information on uh, CNBC's website. Mad Money, the, Jim the street, Cramer. Yeah, street.com, his street's thing. street's good, Squawk Alley. Um, Motley Squawk Fool, uh, watch the television, Squawk see box. what's going on. Yeah, Squawk Box is in the morning. Uh, and Squawk Alley is in You don't even know what a Squawk Box is. A squawk Box is. We used to have, every morning, you'd get in at 6 o'clock in the morning before the markets opened. You'd come in and there would be a box, literally a speaker, on which from the central, like for example, Merrill Lynch would have this, or I remember Bateman Eichler, they had this, where the chief or a particular person who was talking about something going on in the economy would get on and say, okay, this morning we're gonna talk about blah, blah, and you'd listen to this person coming through the hmm. squawk box. That's what the squawk box was. They don't, of course, don't have to do that anymore, but we had to all listen to it. Of course, there was no internet, yeah. and they couldn't call everybody, so right. they did it through a telephone speaker. line to a specific speaker, and everybody would listen. Sounds like a, um, an announcement that you'd hear at school. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Exactly it. <laughs> so that's what a squawk box is, <laughs> or was. Okay. Um, so actually, for me, I think that there's just like you said, there's a ton of information out there for yeah. people to get more um, educated about the stock market and yeah. whatnot. I would say Motley Fool is a great website yeah. to check out. Yeah. Um, and there's various um, portfolio managers that yeah. provide um, a ton of blog content that will go through, this is what we think is going to happen in the market, or because, I don't know, um, the, the Putin-Trump summit in Russia went down, and this is what happened there. We think this is what's going to happen the next three months or something. As a so, result of those two sitting right, down talking. Right. So there's there's a ton of things that are out there that I think if you just research um, investment news or um, economy or stock market news or something like that, yeah. then or you know analyst projections or something like that. Just just try not to get too emotional. I mean, I, I you think about the last two years and all the raucous stuff that has been going on in. Congress and Trump administration and this Putin thing and everybody's yelling and screaming Korea's going to blow us up and the market goes up mm -hmm. because the market goes up based upon the economy. Does it go down once in a while as a result of political uh, ramifications? Sure, but it doesn't stay down. The market represents the value of companies, 
not people's politics. Mm -hmm. So, and politics, I'm sorry to say, are primarily emotional in nature, and investing is primarily uh, not shouldn't be emotional in nature. I will say though that there are some like so we call it geopolitical risk mm -hmm. because oh, it's sure. global political. Sure. But well, what does it affect? It affects uh, the yeah, entire market. Right, right. But what I'm saying is um, in certain situations where a new president for example comes on board mm -hmm. and he starts talking about what he's going to do to Let's take Trump. Yeah, okay. Let's take Trump. Yeah, Trump said that he was going to do what he could to improve the overall economy by helping small businesses and reducing corporate taxes and everything else. And yeah. so that news alone can make a big difference in the way that the market moves. It's true. So, But that's fundamental policy is different than the statement of the sure. day. Trump's tweet sure. this morning at 3 a.m. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nightmare. Um, it's just, yeah, it's funny. Okay, so um, let's go into something that I think a lot of people want to know is um, what do you do to avoid the downturns in the market? First, you diversify. Second, you have a manager who's going to be, or managers who are going to be somewhat proactive, not reactive to the markets. Okay, what do you mean by diversify, though? Well, you you either one, you can have it in multiple managers. Two, you can have it in multiple mutual funds within a single manager. Three, you can have different kinds of stocks, not just have all tech stocks. Have If you were buying individual stocks, you'd have some utilities, you'd have some, some uh, you know, utilities like Southern California Edison and San Diego Gas and Electric and others. You'd have tech stocks, some Apple or IBM, or but you have to look at each company because just because it's a tech stock doesn't mean it's doing very well. Um, you could have um, stocks in, uh, well, gosh, you could name any yeah. kind of, of Procter and Gamble, yeah. Yeah. you know, consumer, consumer staples. staples and discretionary. Just you yeah. just have to make sure that you have your money not in one specific stock and not too much. I think that you shouldn't really have more than five percent in any one stock. Now that's not true of an index, right? Because you can have ten or twenty or thirty or forty percent of your money in a single or more in a single index because the index represents five hundred stocks. But again, depending on what the underlying Wait, pieces are right. of that index that's right. I would say that it'd be better to ask someone who's a professional oh true um, hey I don't want to take a lot of risk but S&P 500 is this and that blah 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 what should I do how can I diversify and yeah. then that's when um, advisors can really bring value to people so yeah. um, another thing you can do to avoid the downturns is if you f if you're scared or if you feel like something's fishy or something um Again, you shouldn't ever make any decisions based on emotions, but going into cash or putting money into something like a money market um, where it's not going to be as volatile as the stock market can be a way to reduce your exposure to the downside of what the market does. It's true. And so, you don't have to do it all at one time. You can do partial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even money markets can sometimes lose money. I remember in the, the first major money market account was called the Ready Assets account at Merrill Lynch when I was working there, and I remember when it went to because interest rates were rising so quickly at that time frame. I remember it went from the ninety-seven cents in the dollar for a money market account. Mm -hmm. 
because the interest rates were rising so quickly quickly mm-hmm. that the 60-day, 90-day treasuries mm-hmm. were dropping in value wow. faster than they were moving up as far as the income goes. So you, there was a time frame where money markets were underwater, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. scary, scary to think about. Yeah. Okay, so what can people do to educate themselves about the markets? Well, we kind of talked about it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Read. Yeah, just go online. There's so or much watch. information out there. Yeah, uh, Jim Cramer. No, or sometimes CNBC. I'm not saying Cramer's the, 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 the no, king because he's but. not. Because I remember him sitting one time talking about Carl Icahn and how Carl Icahn was the way to go. And Carl Icahn blew it. And, he, and whatever stock he got, everybody, or his, he suggested, it went right through the floor. But on the other side of it, Cramer is great in the fact that he hits a lot of different um, sectors, talks a lot about the economy in general, his opinions. He was a really good trader at Goldman, I think he was. Um, really smart guy. And um, he has a lot of good information for people. So mm-hmm. just watch and try not to be so, like I said, reactive based on emotions. But it's not bad to go, you know, I don't think this is the best time to be in the market versus I don't feel it's the best thing to be in the market. Mm-hmm. If you think it through and you say, well, you know what, I don't want to take the risk. You just move money mm-hmm. money over to cash or money market accounts. Yeah. The chances, by the way, of a money market account going under is meaning if you could put a dollar in you get a dollar back is almost nil but still there it so, happened one yeah. time yeah I was there uh, internet research again you can ask your friends although I wouldn't necessarily do what they tell you to do um, or you can use an advisor like us you can yeah. find one of your local advisors and follow people on social media too there's a lot of tidbits out there um, in order to save money and in order to reduce your risk exposure and everything else um, in the stock market. So maybe just do like a, a quick Google search on that. And then you can also, at any time, you can call us and ask us um, if you have any questions on, um, I don't know, what where you can find more information or if you want more information, just give us a holler. So. Cool. Um, Well, that's it, you guys. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Next time, we're going to be talking about the different types of accounts that are out there. So IRAs, 401ks, cash accounts, brokerage accounts, 529 plans, a whole list of other accounts. And um, it's going to be great. So tune in for that. And if you have any questions in the meantime, or if you want to get in touch with us, please feel free. You can email at us, or you can email us at contact at stokesfg.com. And in between episodes, you can always follow us on our website, stokesfg.com, our Facebook account, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for daily news and information. And remember to subscribe to the show and pass it along to your friends and family if you please find do. it interesting. Um, and we really, really appreciate the support. So until next time, thanks, Dad, for making this happen. You betcha. And you're the one doing all the work. And we'll check you next time. You're, you're the you're the computer guru. <laughs> Not a computer guru, but there you go. All right, thanks, everyone. All right. Later.
Ryan Claus of Claus Creative for providing us with this tasty soundtrack. You can visit Ryan on his website, clauscreative.com, or his SoundCloud, at Claus Creative. Stokes Financial Group offers securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC, Stokes Financial Group, and IFG are unaffiliated entities. If you'd like information on our individual state registrations, please visit our website, www.stokesfg.com.